Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Y'all, I get sucked into those like TikTok trends every once in a while, and they can easily get you suckered into doing something new, okay? Like the egg thing. Didn't work, all right? This can either lead to some like genius thing that revolutionizes your life, or it can be a complete bust and a waste of time. So in this new series, we want to talk about some current trends and what it means about your productivity. But first, let's hear a time-sucking hurdle from Soleil. Now, this is a very lengthy one, so I'm going to do my best to read it without messing up at all. Soleil says, Deciding how to manage grading papers in a timely manner without sacrificing meaningful assignments that actually show student learning. For example, multiple choice assignments are great because they can be graded by computer through Google Forms, but does that really show me what my students know and understand? I don't feel like it always does, so I choose assignments that require students to give written responses, but it seems like I never really have the time to actually grade those types of assignments without straying sorry, staying past contract hours. I tried to see how only working contract hours would go this year in an attempt to set boundaries, but it's only week four of school and I feel so behind already. And some assignments that I planned to grade ended up as a complete grade or in file 13, I'm sorry, a completion grade or in file 13, which I don't know what that means. Does that mean File 13 is like the trash. Oh, okay. Where does that come from though? I don't know, but I somehow I know it, which is pretty miraculous like that (laughs) I know something that you don't. Okay. I mean, I kind of assumed that that's what it was alluding to, but I had never heard that. All right. Continuing. Because so much time had passed and we were already on to something else. I teach eighth grade for reference, so I have 130 students throughout the day. LOL. Also, (laughs) I'm huge fans of both you and have watched both channels on YouTube, and I listen to the podcast faithfully. Sometimes, if I'm not excited about going to school, I will listen to you guys, and it helps bring my spirits up and encourages me to stick it out with teaching. So I appreciate your authenticity and advice so much. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. That's so kind. Okay, so here's where my brain goes. One, I completely agree with you. When it comes to having like multiple choice things, sometimes I feel like having a written response is really going to help me determine, do my kids have all of the skills necessary to understand the content to the level in which I'm asking of them, right? Because they're having to analyze, synthesize, and then transfer it into a written component. However, you also need to, one, decide, does a written component Like, do they have to have that? Could you instead incorporate more video responses or audio responses? Like, unless you're really specifically grading, like they're writing itself, it doesn't always have to be written. You could do video or audio responses. Um, What's the one I'm thinking of? Is it Flipgrid? Yeah, Flipgrid is is video responses. Yeah. Yeah. So you could do something like a flip grid, but if you want to do written responses, because I am that same teacher, I like written responses, you need to create a rubric. And I mean, you need one thing that you're specifically looking for. So they could have the worst grammar, they could have the worst punctuation, they could not capitalize a single thing, but that's not the thing that you're grading and looking for. You're grading whether or not they can analyze the character traits, right? Or determine the character trait of a story. 
that's the thing that you're specifically looking for. So I would have a 4321. It would already be predefined. Like, here's what I'm looking for when I'm giving them a four. Here's what I'm looking for when I give them a three, a two, and a one. That way, when they hand those papers to you, it's so easy. You circle it and then you're done and and you don't have to think about it. But I mean, that's where my brain goes. I go to, can you do audio, you know, or video responses and just make sure you have a rubric. Yeah, I had those same things come to mind as well. And sometimes with the rubric, you can even have it printed as part of the assignment. So you don't even yes. have to like staple the paper or anything like that. My mind also went to especially for some of those more lengthy written responses, is it something that you can meet with each student, which I know that's very time consuming as well. But if you're doing almost like student conferences where you can review it and like grade it in real time with that student, because that's going to have a bigger impact on them as well, being able to get that real time feedback. My mind also went to can you utilize assignments and get multiple grades from it? So for example, I think about when I taught math for fourth grade, we had two different areas of math that we had to give grades for. We had computational skills, which was like, are they able to get the right answer essentially? And then there was a problem solving grade. And there were some assignments that I would actually get both. I would get a computational skills grade from it and I would get a problem solving grade, especially if you give them like a bigger project, maybe along the way with that project, there could be like almost like little milestone things mm-hmm. that they have to complete that you can grade. And then that that big project is like the final piece, but you would have insight into how they're doing along the way. That's just like my first initial instinct. Again, it's not like a perfect solution, um, but it sounds like, Soleil, your mind is in the right place of like, hey, I want to get meaningful information from these assignments. It's just a matter of like, grading them and having the time to do that. But keep in mind, you can have a balance within your grades. Not every single grade has to be from like an in-depth assignment. That's where my brain goes. Lady, great advice. Okay. So listen, I have to tell you this. I'm freaking old. (laughs) Stop it. It is official. We are in the same decade now. We are. We are in the same decade. Okay. But I'm going to be 40 pretty soon. So just we're going to live it up just a little bit. Okay. So Trent and I were watching some of these shows and like there were commercials coming on and we're like, but what does that mean? And like, what what are they talking about? Or like, I don't understand what they're saying because now we've just gotten to this point in our lives where we don't keep up with the trends anymore. We it's don't. terrible. And it's interesting because the gym that I go to, it's a lot of college age kids because powerlifting in general tends to be a sport for people in like their early 20s. And I will hear them talk sometimes and just the the terminology that they're using. I'm like, I don't know what I that means, yeah. but I've just accepted that I'm not trendy anymore and I'm okay with it. It's funny because Billy's dad is on TikTok. Like he doesn't post on TikTok, but he yeah. watches TikTok and he'll, he'll reference things that he's seen on there. But then like, I don't know them because I'm not on TikTok. I don't know any of the trends. I find out about them weeks later when they make it onto reels, but I don't, I'm not up to date with them. That's for sure. And yeah. it's funny because I put a note in here in the outline and I wrote, I remember seeing one with walking. I don't even know what that's in reference to now. So, <laughs> so any, any connection I had to the trends, I don't even remember anymore. Uh, Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Ugh. 
But there are a lot of trends that are out there, right? And I mean, I've tried so many of them, but I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, I'm not trying that because everything that everybody shares is complete garbage. Like they're making this stuff up. But we've been talking about a lot of these trends that are like online about productivity specifically, okay? Like the Pomodoro technique, the time blocking, but there are some other trends that come to your productivity that we really wanted to start to kind of open a dialogue about just, you know, just chit chat. Like what are our thoughts? Do we think it's like a must, yes, you should be doing it or is it gonna be a complete bust? I'm going to redeem myself here because I remembered the walking one. Oh, thank you. So it was a trend, I guess, on like TikTok or whatever, where you would walk. Oh, gosh. And it had like numbers associated with it. But it was you would walk at like a certain pace at a certain incline for like 30 minutes or something on the treadmill. So it was meant to be like a, a cardio workout or like a low intensity. I don't know. But the point being, a lot of these things and we're going to discuss some of them in this episode, it's like the foundation is there for like why it works and and why it's why people find success with it. But the issue is people just take it at surface level and they think I have to do it exactly that way or that's it. They don't dig deeper to go, okay, but what's the, what's the reason that this works Mm -hmm. or like, what's the bigger why? And I think that's kind of what we're going to get into with some of the trends in this episode. We have what, four different trends. I think there's four. Oh yeah. There's four. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to discuss these trends and For each one, we're going to try to decide if it's a must or a bust, but keep in mind, these are just our opinions um, and you may not agree with them and that's fine because what works for one person does not necessarily work for someone else. So if there is something that we personally bash on and we think it's a bust and it has worked for you and helped you be successful, that's fantastic. Like in no way are we saying that it can't work for anyone. We're just sharing our opinions and ultimately if you're choosing to listen to this, it means that you're open to hearing our opinions. If you're not, then like you don't have to listen. Like it's fine. You know, you're not going to hurt our feelings if you're like, you know, Michelle Bridget, I really don't care what you think about these TikTok trends. That's fine. I really don't care that much about what I think about them either. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> okay, so we're going to get into the very first one. Um which is a trend, but I feel like this trend was a little bit older. But I still want us to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And this one is quiet quitting. Okay. And so this idea behind quiet quitting is that you do the bare minimum that's required of your position so that you're not adding more things onto your plate. You're not trying to do more, but that you just, you know, do your own thing, but you do the very bare minimum. What do you think? Okay. This is one that I I see it through both lenses, truly, because there is a side of me looking at it, especially through the lens of, of education, where I understand the necessity for it, because within the teaching profession, we have found that the teachers who continually say yes and go the extra mile and volunteer for things are the ones that are always asked to do more. And it's not sustainable. And even though, you know, you call it quiet quitting and it's like, okay, you're doing the bare minimum. In reality, what a lot of teachers are doing is they're doing what's 
described it as their job, they're just not going above and beyond, which they shouldn't have to do. Like a lot of the overtime and all that stuff, it should not be a necessity. And so a part of me sympathizes with people that, you know, have felt taken advantage of, because I've definitely felt that before. And it's almost a way to like take back your power. However, there is the other side of me, and this is the side of me that really values hard work. Like that is something that I truly admire and respect in people. And I, I value it in myself as well. And I don't like the idea of doing the bare minimum. And I don't want to use the word lazy, but I have just found that the people in life that tend to be the most successful are the people that are willing to work hard for what they want. And it's ironic. Well, I'll pause there. I'll let you kind of share. And then I have something to share about Billy's dad. Okay. So... I almost have a very similar perspective. However, my perspective goes more towards I am going to do whatever I can for my students. Right, right. And I will give them my all and put my effort into what I do for them. Now, there are also moments where it was like, okay, I'm not going to do this big lesson because obviously as a class, we can't control it. We can't do it. So we're going to change and here's what we're going to do instead. I've absolutely used that as a behavior tool. Like I have because, you know, we, I reward the really good behavior and then I like bring it back and we just don't do some of the more engaging fun stuff when we can't handle it as a class. But I will always try to give everything for my students and I will go above and beyond. However, if I am being asked from either administrators or whatever, like coworkers to do this and do that, do this, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say, I'm sorry, I don't have the time. I can't do that right now. That's not something that I want to do right now. And that to me is because I am not going to, I guess, you know, it's my bitterness about me. I'm holding grudges (laughs) of where I feel like I gave my all to a school and then I was burned and mm-hmm. I never thought that that would happen because I'm such a hard worker. And my my idea was, oh, those who are hard workers will always be rewarded, right? Like mm-hmm. you move up the ladder, you get rewarded in other ways. But when that happened to me, it was like, oh, so that's not the case here. Um, so that's kind of my thought on it. I mean, yeah. And I'll be honest, I think a lot of the like quiet quitting, it is more directed toward your superiors. Yes. And it's almost, it, I don't want to say retaliation, but it, I think it's it is a way of like, they're, they're standing up for something, you know what I yeah. mean? But it's like, but if your administrators don't know what you're standing up for, how's that going to help? Well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, but does it actually fix the problem? No, it doesn't. And a lot of times, like, I agree that that, Quiet quitting, I feel like, has happened because a lot of upper level, you know, management, administrators, whatever the term is based on the profession that you're in, they are not, um, they're not valuing their workers. They are not giving them, you know, senses of, of flexibility and like trusting them as professionals. And I think when you're dealing with that, it kind of gets to the point where it's like, but why am I, why am I going above and beyond when it's not even appreciated? It's not even valued. I don't gain any additional respect for it. And so I think that that mindset is valid. 
what you brought up about like, but for my students, I'm always going to do, you know, what's best. That's where teachers, I think get caught in this between Mm -hmm. a rock and a hard place, right? Because they feel taken advantage of, but they are so selfless toward their students. And I think that that's, that's what's so challenging about it. But it's interesting because I mentioned like Billy's dad. So we just had dinner with him last night and we also went to the movies and he is like semi-retired and the job that he's currently working, like he has to, you know, stay under a certain number of hours with like collecting retirement benefits and stuff. And meanwhile, his like manager is, is always like asking him to cover shifts and all that. And he's kind of being put in a rock in a hard place. Cause he's like, well, no, I can't go over my hours. But meanwhile, Billy's dad, and he even said this last night, he's like, look, I've always, I want to be that one that like people can go to. And like, I, I value hard work. And like, I always want to make sure that I'm, you know, doing a good job. And, and he's like, and it's probably to a fault. And that's what I was trying to tell him. I'm like, I think that that is so admirable. And like, I respect that, but keep in mind, like people will take advantage of that, which is sad. Yeah. And I think here, instead of, you know, and going back to this idea of quiet quitting, because I feel like I kind of go away from quiet quitting. If I was really to think of what it is in its core, I would say no. I, if I was to think and say it's me protesting against something specifically, I would say it's not worth it because nobody knows what you're protesting against. Nobody knows what you're fighting against. Like what it, what's happening here? Instead, to me, there are ways to respectfully and share your thoughts and what you want um, or what you're trying to stand up for at the end of the day, right? So there are ways to go about it. And so if I look at that idea of quiet quitting, now that I'm kind of processing it a little bit more, I would say no. I I, I, I say it's a bust for me. I agree because I think I, I support and I agree with the reasoning behind it. Yes. But it's the execution that I don't think is solving the problem. And you and I have talked a lot about how you know, we need to work on actually solving problems. Right. And to me, this doesn't actually solve the problem because- it's almost that like passive aggressive where you're like trying to get the point across, but the other person yeah, isn't receiving yeah. the message, you know? Like, I don't understand. Well, at least they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And you're like, okay, well, <laughs> that's not helping. Yeah. And so to me, if you are truly in a position where you feel taken advantage of, then you need to voice that concern to, yeah. you know, the, the people involved or get yourself out of the situation. But to me, Staying in the position, not saying anything, but doing the bare minimum is not fixing the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Okay. So what we're going to do is take a break from this one and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about another one that's out there. It's the eight plus eight plus eight rule. Gobble, gobble. It is November, which means it's also our new planner launch. You can officially grab the January to December digital planners for 2024 in our store at teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store. If you want to get a head start on planning for the new year, you can grab a digital planner 20% off for the first two weeks of November. But also be on the lookout for, you know, maybe a Black Friday sale, Cyber Monday, in case you missed out on that initial discount. Also, don't forget to head to teachingonthedouble.com 
forward slash mailing list to sign up for our email reminders about sales and planner launches. We promise you will be thankful you signed up because you never know when we might pop into your inbox with a little surprise. But for now, back to the episode. Okay, we are back. And I'm going to let Bridget kick this one off because this is what you are the one that found this. <laughs> I did. So I kind of, I need you to explain it to me. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. So here's the eight plus eight plus eight rule. It was something that I found like going through Instagram reels and I ended up saving it. So the idea is that you distribute your day eight plus eight plus eight hours to make a really good like balance in your life. So you're going to have eight hours of honest hard work, eight hours of really good sleep, and then eight hours that you spend on three F's, three H's, and three S's. So the three F's are family, friends, and faith. The three H's are health, hygiene, and hobby. And the three S's are soul, services, and smile. That's a lot to process. That's a lot of... It is numbers it and is. letters. It is. <laughs> and, and you know, okay, so here's what I like about it and here's what I don't like about it. Okay. Okay. To me, life is not as linear as like right. an eight plus eight plus eight. Like there are times where I, as we say, going through seasons, I'm going to spend more than eight hours on really hard work. It's inevitable. Right. It's right. going to happen. But what I like about it is the idea of eight hours of where you should spend the three F's, the three H's and the three S's. And here's why, because I will be a homebody and I am not good at reaching out to other people. So if I'm a hermit in my house, I won't do these things. Focus on family, friends, faith, health, hygiene, hobbies, soul, or services. Like I don't do those things. And what I like about it is that it really helps to define and reminds you, hey, you really do need to be spending some time doing this because it's going to be really good for you. It's going to give back in one way or another. That I agree with. I, I enjoy the, it's almost like a template, if you will. Yeah. And so I like that it it helps you at least go in with a mindset of trying to find a good balance. Like you said, that balance is going to shift. We know like life is going to life. And so even when you have a plan, it's going to be different. I like that it gives you guidelines. Here's my um, question, I guess. I won't push back until I have the answer. Not that you necessarily know the answer. Mm-hmm. But like, for example, if someone has a really long commute to work, like an hour mm-hmm. commute, where does that fit in? Mm-hmm. What, which hours is that coming from? I guess you could make the argument that if you, for example, listen to like a podcast that you That's love, where that my could brain fit in going. to like, to soul or smile or, or fr- I don't know, but still that's where I think it, um, it gets a little messy. It is. It's a little bit too defined. And I yeah. can see people taking this so far where they're like, okay, here are the family members I'm going to be spending time with for like this amount of time and being like, okay, I need to move on now. And then they move on to the next part of their day. And it's like, okay, that's a little much. <laughs> yeah. And what about the things that overlap? So for example, I'm thinking about watching like a Netflix show that I love or something that I would classify that under smile, right? Yeah. But if I'm watching it with Billy, isn't that also like family? Now, I guess you could say, well, you're watching a show. You're not really like it's spending time that together. It's eight hours. 
Right. Well, that's true, I guess. But it's like, well, but that could be. So maybe I get six hours of Netflix then. Because three counts as family <laughs> and three counts as smile. But where's but, your hygiene coming in there, Well, Michelle? that was going to be my other thing is three hours for me for the health hygiene hobby. I don't think that no, would be enough. I don't think it's three hours. So it's eight hours total doing oh. any of those things. Okay, so see. Any of the things within this eight hours. So family, yes, friends, that makes faith, sense. health, hygiene, hobby, soul, services, okay, smile. Okay. Anything. Okay. See, my brain, and this is where, because the other numbers had to do with the hours. So when I was seeing three, I was thinking three hours Correct. each. I thought the I same wasn't thing even too. thinking that that adds up to nine. Okay. Still, I mean, all right, that's fine, I guess. But I feel like having eight hours and you're saying friends, family, faith, health, hygiene, hobbies, soul services, smile. Can't we just say like things that bring you joy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, yeah. I yeah. feel like it doesn't need to be segmented that much. And also that doesn't apply to everyone. So like faith may not be an element of everyone's time. You I know what I mean? I feel like, and maybe this is like a future podcast episode during the summer. Okay. <laughs> during the summer, okay. maybe we should like have a week where we live by the eight by eight by eight rule. And okay. like, see, report back. Yeah. Track, can, like, I'm willing to try. Track I'm willing to try. To see if it actually like works. Yeah. Because you and I, and I know you're a little bit better about it now, but I know I'm a worker. Like I work, 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 work. Um, but I, I mean, it's true. So I, I don't know, maybe podcast yeah. episode in the future. Yeah. <laughs> It would be interesting. And I know the other thing we had in here, um, kind of a similar idea. It's this like you have the five to nine before the nine to five routine. Mm -hmm. So like five to nine would be from 5 p.m. when you're off until 9 a.m. the next day when you're working, like what that routine is. So it's almost like the combination of like your evening routine and your morning routine. And I think it's kind of a similar idea because within that you're going to have your sleep and then the rest of the time is spent on those, those things. So I, I I don't feel like I can, you know, must or bust it. I feel like it's a might like in the middle, (laughs) it's a might. I could see where it, it might work as a template for someone, especially if you feel like you are dedicating too much time to one of those areas. But I also don't think it would be like a life-changing, you know, shift. Okay. All right. So I'm going to introduce the next one too, because I know you don't know a lot about it. I don't, but I'm Googling. So go ahead. So the next one is this idea of utilizing Notion. And so what I have been seeing online is that people are talking about it as a second brain. That Notion can become your second brain to everything and anything in your life. So I've used Notion a little bit in the past. And what's really interesting is I've talked to Michelle, um, I think it was a few weeks ago, about how I'm really struggling with organizing my like work for the IU and then my other you know business and personal life. And I think Notion, I might give Notion a try so I can still stay digital, but like, I don't, I don't know, I'm thinking about it. So Notion is an online software that you can use. It also comes in an app. You can download it to your computer. You can download it to your phone. And what it is, a a really good way for me to try to explain it is almost like Google plus notes together. 
is how I can almost kind of give people a visual of this. So when you open it up on the left side, you have like team spaces, like if you want to be able to share it with like team members or coworkers, and then you have like private spaces like private areas in there. And within the private pieces, you can have folders and pages. But what people use this for is incredible. They will have, you can add calendars inside of these pages. You can add videos, websites, podcasts. You can create a flow chart where you can move tasks. So like if I can assign it to a person, I can say, here's the task that you need to work on. And that task, when you click on it, it'll take them to the task in Notion or wherever else you might hold it. And then it'll give you a date and a time. It'll give you status that you can then change. So I can say not started uh, working on or scheduled working on completed review, whatever you might want it to be. You can have the person who's reviewing it and then you can have like track how many times, like you could do anything and everything with it. So some other things that you can like add into it and I'm kind of going in and I'm looking at some of the, um, like the properties and things like that. They have tables, they have boards, they have timelines, they have galleries, lists, like I said, with the calendars, like there's so many ways to organize it. So a lot of people will use this for their to-dos, but they'll use it to also like track and dump all the things. Books, this is why I said it's kind of like notes for us because it's like tracking books that you've read or information that you've gathered or, you know, websites that you've gone to and you want to find it all in this one spot. That's basically what Notion is. Okay, I'm going to be 100% transparent here and say (laughs) that I'm going into this with a very like sour attitude. And so I'm acknowledging (laughs) (laughs) that I am I am I am biased with this. Okay, because I'm not going into it with an open mind. Here's here's the thing. I've not tried Notion, although it's funny because I keep a list of like YouTube video ideas and it's something that people had recommended to me to like do a video on. I have not used Notion, but I have used similar type platforms. Maybe not exactly the same, but I have tried a lot of the like team-based platforms like Slack. Yeah, this is nowhere near Slack. It's okay. Nothing like Slack. Well, no, but it is because I'm looking at I'm 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 on the website yeah. and it, there are elements that are kind of the same. I know Slack is more like communication yes. between team members, um, but I've used another one like this, um, and I'm trying to hold on. Let me see if I can like Google all in one productivity website. I'm just gonna like Google and see what comes up. Um, ClickUp is not. Oh, Asana. Yeah, I used I've Asana. To, I've used Asana before. And again, it's still nothing like Notion. It has some similar elements to it. Um, but that's why I said it almost takes like a, a Google Drive, but it's not like creating documents or PowerPoints. It's nothing like that. But it's like taking that Google Drive format and like combining it with notes. I know. But here's my thing. I personally, for me, I feel like this would be just another tool that I would waste all this time trying to get to know and use and set up. But I would, I would go back to using like my notes app because it just would be more convenient for me. And 
it's almost that like ingrained of like, it's what I've always done. Mm -hmm. And so it's what I continue doing. Um, and I like, I understand the concept. It's almost like taking all these other tools and things and bringing Mm -hmm. them all into one place. But part of me almost likes having, I don't want too many tools because that gets overwhelming. But part of me also likes having kind of these separate areas because it allows me to like segment parts of my life. Yeah. You compartmentalize it. Yeah. 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 Um, so even though like I can see where this would be useful, I also think there would be a lot of elements of it that I wouldn't use. You know what I mean? I because it's geared toward oh, a lot of like so businesses. Much, there's so much in it. It like, it, it is like overwhelming to a sense. Right. Do you know and, what I mean? I don't think I would like that part of it because no one likes to be overwhelmed with, with things. Yeah. But I also think it's one of those shiny objects that people think is going to solve all their problems. And once they start using it, they would realize like, no, the issue is you're not using your tools Mm -hmm. consistently or effectively, or you don't have the systems and the habits in place. It is rarely about the tool. And so to me, I think this is a a band-aid for a lot of people and they think it's going to solve problems and it's not. Now I'm on the website. I can understand that. I would, I would disagree only because I see the potential that it does have. I also see how overwhelming that it can be um, because there is a lot that goes into it. I used it the most with um, when I was hiring people. And so it was a really nice tool. And now I find myself like I stopped using it for Notion when I was hiring people because it was pricey. I mean, I was paying for stuff, right? That was another thing. But there's a free version. That was going to be my question is what made you stop using it? Because I think that's a powerful question. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that's a powerful question. You know, I think about this a lot with like nutrition and when someone's wanting to try a new like diet trend, they're always like, well, I did this before and it worked, but, and it's like, yeah. but if it worked, why are you looking for a new thing? Well, there was something about it that didn't work. So I went to Google. So I have now the shared, and this is why, because I went from paying for Notion and I decided to do Google Workspace. So this is like the workspace where everybody has like the bridgingliteracy.com mm-hmm. like email address. And then they have, it's like when you go to a school district, right? They give you a Google website and then, or a Google email, and then you have access to your Google Drive and then you have like um, shared drives as well. And that was because when I work, when I hired people, I was always afraid I was going to lose documents that I was sharing with them or that they were creating. So now I own everything like right. as part of my Google, right? So I was like, okay, I'm not going to pay for Notion. I'm going to pay for this instead. However, I don't love the way that it's organized. Maybe it's just the way that it's organized. I don't know. I don't love how it's organized in Google for my communication with my, like my team. It's one person guys. It's not a lot of people. (laughs) So keep that on your mind. I liked Notion better. So that was interesting. But that's, see, but what I hear you saying is it's from the business standpoint. To yes. me, this is oh, a no, very no, no, I agree. business thing, but I don't think for teachers that it's overly, and like, right. that's where I, I'm coming at it from the mindset of like, but what I use this as a teacher right. and I don't, I don't think I would. 
and also it's one of those things where if you're the only one using it, it doesn't do you a lot of good. Mm -hmm. It's more beneficial if you have a team. So unless everyone else is on board with using it, that makes it more difficult. I could see that. But I could also see it from maybe even like an administrator's perspective. If you're like balancing lots of different plates, it might be beneficial. So I don't know. I feel like for me, it's going to be a might. For you, I'm I'm sensing a bust. Yeah, I would say bust. Yeah. Um, only because I, I feel like 10 years from now, I think Google will still be very much a, a prominent, you know, mm-hmm. player. I don't think anyone will be talking about Notion. That's just like my gut instinct. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> okay. The last one, I'll go ahead and talk about this because ironically, I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. Y'all we're on podcast five. number five, five. that we're recording. <laughs> so this is one I think you brought it up, but I recently heard about it on a podcast and it was like, Did oh, I? wait a second. Yeah. So this is the 135 to-do list. You've listened, girl, you found all of these because I I knew Did. none of like the trends. <laughs> so if you guys um, hate this episode, it's my fault. <laughs> no, no, no. I love the idea of the episode. I just was not able to contribute anything because I knew nothing. So the 135 to-do list is you have one big task three medium tasks, and then five small tasks. Mm. Now, I heard about kind of a a similar version of this, but maybe like an adaptation. Um, I listened to a podcast by Jordan Syatt. It's like health and nutrition and fitness related. But he mentioned that he uses like the 135. But how he does it is each day, whatever his one is, that is his one must do for that day. It is the only one that has to get done that day. His three are like the, you know, would be great if they got done. But if they don't, one of those Mm. will become the one like the next day. It almost becomes like a pyramid that things move up. Okay. And then the five, you know, those might become threes later on in the week. But he also said those are like his nap tasks, meaning when he wants to like take a nap, meaning his brain just needs a break. Like those are the types of things that he would do. They're, They're very low, like mental energy. And so it's a way to basically prioritize tasks and kind of keep you on track. What are your initial thoughts with this, Bridget? So I I look at the number of them, and that's nine tasks that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also recognize that I do that a lot. <laughs> not that I do the one big task. Sometimes it's like three big tasks. I am not very good at that. But looking at the number itself is a lot thinking about how they're like created makes sense to me like Mm -hmm. to me the small tasks I'm like ooh, super quick something that I can easily like immediately get done within like a two-minute rule type situation do you know what I mean so I mean I like it I feel like I would need to try it before I was to say it's a complete bust for me yeah, I mean right now I feel like I'm I'm in that might phase. I think for some people it probably would work really well, for other mm-hmm. people it might not. I do like the idea of things could move from one to the other. Now, yeah. this one big, three medium, five small, I think that's meant to be done in a day or maybe a week. I don't know. I agree that nine seems kind of overwhelming. And my thought with those like five small, it's like the time you take to come up with your list of five, yeah. you could have just gotten them done, yeah. you know? But I like the idea of having this kind of shift from one to the next. But I think the reason I like that 
is because that's how I organize my to-dos with my like my future list, my weekly list, and then my power list right. is things move from one to the other. Personally, my power list with most of the time it's three things to do, but it, it might extend up to five if there's some smaller things on it. I have been consistently using that for years yeah, and I've been able to stick to it. And so for me, this is like making it a little too complicated. I also would struggle with, I would sit down with a task and go, huh, is this a medium task or is this a, yeah. like, I would struggle to know where to put it. And again, that's just a waste of my time because it doesn't really matter. Yes. Like, you know, just get it done. I, in my head would start to think, wait, so in this big task, do I do the three medium tasks and five small tasks that go towards the big task? <laughs> Right, right. But there are some times where I have lots of really big tasks. Is that a project or is that not a project? To me, I guess not because it's a task. So it would have to be like a part of that project, but a part that's like (laughs) much more overwhelming. Wow. This is where my brain is like spiraling at the moment. And that's the thing. I think we sometimes overcomplicate it when the reason I love like my power list of here's the three main things I want to get done today is it is just easy. And I do try to not have any more than like two big things as my power list, but it's just an easy system. And to me, this is, it's making it a little bit more complicated, Yeah. but I can see where for someone that maybe is struggling to like, maybe they're always doing the small tasks or they're, they're neglecting the small tasks. Like this can help find that like vacuum your floor. Right, right. Like it can help some things not fall through the cracks, but still moving the needle forward and getting big tasks done. So I'm going to, I'm going to classify it as a might, which I know kind of defeated the purpose of must or must or bust, but I don't think it's a must because I I think there are other systems that could work potentially better, but I don't think it's a bust either. Like I can see the potential. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go with a might as well on this one. Okay. I would say a might. I feel like you could give it a shot, but in the end, I think I'm leaning more towards the bust than I okay. am the must. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to lean more towards the bust. Okay. <laughs> Did it. I think we had a good balance, although none of them were musts. Although I would be very hard to find a must because everyone is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's different and everyone's situation is very different too. And so yes. that's really, really hard to sit here and say, oh, everybody needs to be using this one way of doing things. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's everybody's lives are so different. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know, like send us an Instagram DM (laughs) or an email or something. Like, do you want another version of this like later on in the future? If so, we will do better at keeping track of trends and not just like sitting down and going, okay, what have we seen before? (laughs) But give us some feedback. Let us know. In the meantime, head over to teachingonthedouble.com. From there, we've got freebies that you can download. You can submit a TSH or a time-sucking hurdle for the chance to be featured in a future episode. You can head over to our store and grab the new 2024 January to December digital teacher planners. You can choose between Google Slides or tablet. You can also grab some stickers. We've got gift cards too. If you want to gift someone for the holidays coming up, that would be fantastic. 
Also, while you're at it, make sure you subscribe to Teaching to the Top wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you will have new episodes ready and waiting for you when we drop them on Thursday mornings. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave a review. It really helps the podcast out. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.